0: Our guest today is a veteran of the MCU, most recently appearing in Black Widow and WandaVision.
1: And next year, she'll be back in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, where she continues her work as Elizabeth Olsen's primary stunt double.
0: Welcome to the show, a woman braver than we'll ever be, C.C. Ice.
2: <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So how
0: did growing up with five older brothers, both motivate and prepare you for a career as a stunt performer?
2: Um they I love my brothers so much and my sisters. They are incredible. They had such amazing ideas, such as let's use a trash bag as a parachute to jump down the stairs and see <laughs> who <laughs> survives. And Cece's the smallest, so let's try it with her first. And if she lives, we'll try it. So I kind of began my stunt career without realizing it was my stunt career, um, with my brothers and their fabulous ideas throughout all of life's adventures. And my mother, she's an incredible woman. She'd have to be. (laughs) Yeah. She was, um, a single parent working three jobs at one point, raising eight kids, um, (laughs) which was a feat in itself at that point. And, uh, So she had her hands full with all these ideas that my brothers and sisters were having and all of us trying it. So uh, I praise my mother and her abilities to keep us (laughs) us safe all the way. Yeah, yeah. But it was the 80s. So, you know, the the sky was the limit for all kinds of ideas of climbing this tree and jumping from one branch to the other and like, you know, all kinds of death defying stunts (laughs) as children that were very, oh, you know, the imagination ran wild. So of course, you know, we got into all kinds of mischief. Uh, so that's what sort of prepared me for being tough, uh, rough and tumble growing up in the Midwest in Missouri, um, farmlands and trees and woods and adventures every day. And that's sort of what prepared me for this current career.
1: Wow. Uh, I'm a bit speechless at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So what lessons did you learn in your first job as a magician's assistant and how did that help you in your stunt career?
2: Uh, I learned so many great things. Um, confidence a lot of times also just full commitment full send like that a lot of times in stunts we say that you know it's a full send uh you just got to go for it you you there might be fears in the back of your mind about oh you know this and that but as long as you fully commit things work out and a lot of with um i don't want to reveal any magic because i i respect it very much but a lot of that um being a magician's, magician's assistant was literally just trusting that it's going to do it and get full energy behind it. And then it works flawlessly. If you kind of half did it, it would not work at all. Um, so people may understand, you know, dropping through trapdoors and all these things about magic and, uh, you know, dancing with swords and all these various, uh, things that sort of built confidence in me to just give it my all and trust that it's going to work. And, Also, I learned a lot of rehearsal is very important. (laughs) Uh, Rehearse, rehearse, and make sure that it'll go well when it's time to perform. And then you can trust your partner, uh, you know, whether it's the uh, magician himself or another dancer, a fellow magician's assistant as well. You get this rhythm, this magical rhythm. That's part of the magic is the timing between your dance partner. And it's not all about you. It's about the team and working together with whomever you're performing with. And that is a huge part of what stunts are, is when you have a fight partner or you have, you're have you on the line and a rigger's got you, you are dancing together and you trust each other uh, that that each person is gonna bring their expertise to the situation and make it flawless. And that's the true magic behind it all. And that's what I learned in the, in the magic show.
0: So it's funny that Wanda ended up playing a magician's assistant in episode two. I know that was so <laughs>
2: fabulous. <laughs> that that whole show was so special to me, and uh, you know, all of us actually. You know, we had such a great time. Uh, despite we had a great time, and then of course the pandemic is a very serious situation that happened in the middle of it. And uh, you know, we all came together afterwards. But but the show itself, we it really means a lot to us. Same
0: here. It it really <laughs> we you know both connected to that show in different ways. It was the show I needed at that moment in my life, for sure. Yeah.
2: Yeah, me too.
0: (laughs) So what was your big break or your foot in the door project?
2: I would say it would have to be The Hunger Games, Mockingjay 1 and 2. We kind of filmed them together. And I had done things before that, but when I got hired on to that production, I, first of all, had a very special, great time, but also met an incredible group of people that would then change my life forever later. So Sam Hargrave was the stunt coordinator and R.A. Rondell was the supervising stunt coordinator, both incredible. And then we had a great team, which included Monique Ganderton and several other stunt performers that became very great friends of mine, but also they saw something in me and they believed in that, that they then later put me in for being on the Avengers stunt team. And so that moment of meeting and working with them really altered the course of where I was going, I feel. And uh, I'm ever grateful to that entire group of people.
1: So how do you go about making these connections and building bridges in such a tight-knit world for stunt performing?
2: Yeah, it, it can be difficult when you're first trying to get in because it is so close knit. It, it is a family. Uh, you're basically trusting people with your lives at certain times throughout this, you know. So you get a very, very strong bond with everyone. So it can be a bit daunting to get in. But basically, what I did was each person's um, journey is a little different as to how they got into stunts. But for me, I can speak from my my experience, which was I just wasn't afraid to put myself out there and say hello to people. And make it clear that I wasn't just meeting them just to use them, or, you know, I wanted to make friends. I wanted to make actual friendships with people and learn and understand how to be better, how to bring something to the team and be safe and perform well, but also have friends. So I actually just, Trained really hard at a couple different places that I knew stunt folks would train at so that I could meet people and understand what they worked on, to understand what, you know, stunt coordinators felt were very important things to work on. And then also just made friendships with people, which became very special to me. And basically, just putting yourself out there and meeting people that's how you break through. You meet a group, this person introduces you to that person. And the next thing you know, this coordinator wants to see what you can bring. They might put you on a small project, it's just like an indie stunt person, you know, just doing some awesome stuff, but not doubling anyone just to see how it will go. And if you, you know, bring a good energy to the team and if, if that's the case and you sort of, you know, bring some good energy, you're safe, you're on time, you're professional and you bring the skills that you said you could bring, then they'll put you in on the next thing. So then they start to trust that. So it's a long (laughs) uh, process of being honest with your skills and then waiting for people to take the time to see if you do back that up with your performance and, you know, back your word up. So then they, they uh, bring you into the group. So it's a, it's a slow road, but it's an important one that I don't think anyone should skip ahead on uh, because you're also building friendships for a lifetime, yeah, in my opinion.
0: And that takes serious dedication, both mental and physical.
2: Yes, yes. And, and an importance of never lie about your skills. It's so important. (laughs) It seems so easy. It seems such like, oh, yeah, but it's so important to never lie about your skills when it comes to stunt performing and always follow through on your word. And, you know, I'm human. Everybody's human. There are times where I go, "Ah, I could have done better in this professional setting or I want to be better in this or that and the other. But, you know, my goal is to always be honest with the skills that I have to offer. I might not be right for this movie, but I might be perfect for this one. But that way they can always trust my word and the performer will bring what they say. Right. Because the stakes are a
0: little higher than say like lying that, you know, QuickBooks. in yeah. An office. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. 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 You, you know, if you're going to do a high fall, never, n- never lie that you're really great at high falls when you've never done one. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's a very important thing to be honest. And everybody wants to get the job. Everyone wants to say yes and please the stunt coordinator and make sure that, you know, you can. but the worst thing you can do is lie and then they think you can do it. And then you get there and you can't do it and they have to replace you anyway. And then that makes everyone look bad, including the stump coordinator. (laughs) Right. And it's dangerous. It's dangerous also if you try to do it when you're not 100% confident that you can deliver something like that.
1: Right. And if it's something that you've not done before, you need to prep for it more.
2: Oh yes, absolutely. Otherwise
1: it could be dangerous. So yeah, like you said.
2: Very, yeah, it can be very dangerous with certain stunts. And um, yeah, there are certain times where, you know, you might have been training something and then you finally get that chance to perform it for the first time on camera, you know, but it's not the first time that you've performed it. It's not the first time that you've rehearsed it. It's not the first time. It, it shouldn't be the first time that you're experiencing, you know, a big stunt like that. Obviously, each situation is different and there are you know, various ways to, if, if say if a stunt coordinator does believe in you and and you just never had the opportunity to practice a certain thing before, this also does happen in prep and in rehearsal, they will train you on that specific thing. If they want you to be the double and you can, you can do all the other things. And there's this one thing that you've never had a chance to do. They will train you during prep to do that thing and assess along the way. Oh yeah, this'll be safe. This'll be great she's got it or he's got it. So that does happen as well. But like lying about, that's when you're honest. You say, I've never done this before. I'm willing to give it a try if you, if you want me to try it, or this person can do it and they can replace me. But as long as you're honest, everyone's on the same goal and playing field of like, oh, okay, we can assess this. Yes. I'd still like to keep you and I'll train you in it. You know, that's another, another way it can go. So,
0: so what fighting styles are you trained in?
2: I've done Muay Thai, I've done jiu-jitsu, I've done a little bit of judo and a various hodgepodge of lots of things um <laughs> from various just picking things up along the way and um and a lot of superhero fighting. <laughs> 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 which is different than real fighting, let's be honest. <laughs> is it is it really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I did I have done Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu quite a bit and I love I love them both. I love especially Jiu-Jitsu, man. It's, I love it. Haven't been able to do it in a little while because of all the filming. Mm-hmm. Which, and then of course of course COVID happened. So that's a very specific high touch sport. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, you know, I would love to get back to doing that very much. Um, it's one of the things I enjoy, but, um, but yeah, so those are the, those are the sports I'm trained in or those are the martial arts I'm trained in.
1: So what is your specific area of expertise?
2: I would say fighting and also wire work. Those are the two that I feel most confident in. I still have a lot to learn in wire work. Of course, I have some amazingly talented friends who are even more exceptional at wire work that they inspire me every day. Um, but I feel very confident in my wire work abilities and a lot of flying and a lot of, you know, superhero landing and all <laughs> kinds of fun stuff. So I, I've i lived on wires for a long time with this character, as you guys know, mm-hmm. not only performing it, but also training it and testing out rigs that will be for Lizzie on, you know, any Wanda type thing. You know, I test out all the gags or a, a stunt performer will test out all the gags before the actor even gets on the line to make sure it's good for them. So definitely wire work and definitely fighting are the two that I enjoy the most and are my strong points. So you obviously do a ton of physical training in your work, but how do you prep for jobs mentally? Yeah, that's a huge thing. And it's very important. And I want everyone to to know it's so important to mentally prepare yourself and also mentally take time for yourself no matter what job you do, I just want everyone to know it's not selfish, it's not embarrassing, it's not weak, it's it's not any of those things. To take time for yourself to mentally focus on healing and getting grounded within yourself, it's imperative. And I think this, um, I think COVID, I think the lockdown really showed a lot of people that it is important to to mentally prepare yourself and also to mentally check in with yourself. So a lot of times, I I love to meditate. I love to just be with myself, with the thoughts, and and not be around anyone else and really check in on how I feel and be okay with how I feel, even if it's upset or angry or depressed or disappointed. It's like, I have a right to feel those feelings. And then I just let myself settle with those things and and be okay with that. So it's a lot of uh, in-between jobs. I like to just unplug The other thing I like to do is walk in nature and be grounded with the earth and the energy and the the gloriousness that is around us that we sometimes forget to see when we're in busy work schedules, or even when the lockdown was happening, you could go outside away from people and be just with nature. And it's so big and beautiful and makes you feel, you know, it's so special. And in a busy work life, especially when you're on studio sets and stages and such, you forget to reconnect with the earth, I think. Mm -hmm. And um I know I do. And so it's imperative for me in between jobs to just realign myself with my energy and the earth and my inner soul. And, uh, and also, and well, this is a private thing for me, but I, I, with my faith, I connect with my faith and God. And, and I don't, I'm not here to push that on anyone. But for me, that's something I do and just try to reconnect with that power, that being, whatever that is for you, the energy. It's, it's so important.
1: Well, for one, you're making me miss the miss nature. It's been so long since I've been anywhere. I'm stuck in a city. Oh,
2: <laughs> <Aww. laughs> it's yeah. Is there any park or anything nearby? No,
1: it's all closed. Oh it's all, no. And, yeah, and the problem is, it's it's so cramped and people are not yeah following the rules. So oh, it's yeah. dangerous for me yeah. to go. Yes, and she's wist, you know, she's but,
0: wistful in a good way because that is a lovely picture that you've painted for us. And yes. Especially as women, this is something we talk about a lot on our show in regards to the Disney Plus series that we're covering, is that so often women are vilified for making selfish choices, even though they're the best choices for them. And that as Mm -hmm. women, Mm -hmm. we need to redefine the concept
2: of selfishness. Oh, yes. 100%. (laughs) <laughs> Everybody's taught that oh if you take a if you do go and take a a day to you know meditate to yourself oh you're being so selfish you're being so or say even a salon moment of going and getting a massage because your body needs to be worked on and get those energies out oh that's such a frivolous thing that's just pampering and it's like actually no it's very important to realign your body and, and a professional can do that whether it's a massage or a physio or something like that. But we're taught, especially as women, that is a very frivolous and selfish thing to do, uh, to waste money on that, a salon day oh, you know, but no, it's absolutely very imperative to know when you can say, I've had enough of this. I need to take some time for myself. And, uh, I think we've been painted as women to always give, give, give and nurture and all this stuff for everyone else. Like we have to be these mothering, even if we're not mothers, this sort of idea of mothering everyone and giving and always being there and supporting. And then we, we're not doing that for ourselves. (laughs) We're doing it for everyone else. And then we're on empty when we think of ourselves. And uh, I think we need to rewrite that story and know that we are absolutely so special and important and we need to love ourselves and support ourselves as well as everyone else. And it's not selfish at all.
1: Yeah. And this is a conversation I think that people should have now, especially with the Olympics and Simone Biles. Oh, yes. Choosing to not perform for uh, the other two events. Mm -hmm. Everyone is really shitting on her.
2: Yeah, I I very much support her. I think it was an amazing and brave thing. And there are injuries that are not physical. There are injuries or do you reach your limit and you need to take a moment to yourself, especially when you're doing such a, uh, this also goes with stunts. If you're not in the right headspace and you have to go perform something that takes exceptional precision and power, uh, stunt world, gymnastics world, you name it. A lot of gymnasts have become stunt performers, so they know you can, it's not wise to go in there and throw it anyway it's not it's not heroic and it's not oh take one for the team you can actually literally injure yourself so badly that you well i don't want to talk about injuries because that's not great but like i am so proud of her for saying i need to step away from this that takes such courage and i totally support her and those who don't understand it i think are removed from understanding themselves too and Mm -hmm. understanding what that's like Mm -hmm. definitely
1: yeah, because it could be a life-changing oh, yeah. injury or anything. We've seen it. anything.
2: Yeah, yeah, we've seen it. We've seen people get so injured that they now cannot walk, whether it's in stunts or in, in gymnastics. And you just have to be in the right headspace. And again, it might not be a physical injury like an ankle or whatever, but if you are not in the right headspace, it is so wise for you to be honest about that and say, I need to step away for a minute that's been, I've, Mm -hmm. I've stepped away from a stunt before. I just need a minute. I need to focus on this. I, I can, I get, can I have a minute? And then I took my minute. It wasn't dramatic or anything. I did my minute. I took a, I got recentered. did a stunt and it was great. So, uh, I absolutely support those who stand up for themselves.
1: Yeah. So, uh, what is your favorite type of stunt to perform?
2: Oh my gosh. Anything with wire work. Honestly, I just love... Uh, any superhero flying. uh, I just love that. (laughs) (laughs) It it feels so magical and powerful uh, that I will never be tired of that. So yeah, that's my favorite stunt to perform.
0: And bless you because I get nauseous just watching it on the screen.
2: (laughs) 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 Yeah. I don't, I don't have a, I have a healthy respect for heights, but I don't have a fear of heights. Like it doesn't, I don't really, when I'm flying around, you know, high above any set piece, um, it doesn't bother me. Also, I have trust in the rigging teams that are incredible professionals. But also, yeah, I don't I don't really have that. I have a healthy respect for it. I'm not going to be a daredevil. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I just enjoy it. And I, it doesn't bother me being up high.
0: So how has COVID changed stunt work? And do you feel that these limitations have inspired new kinds of creativity?
2: I feel that uh, COVID has affected the stunt world quite significantly. As a matter of fact, and I'm not sure if they want me to share this, but I'm going to share it. (laughs) On WandaVision, we had originally, and this happens a lot, even without COVID, we had originally a different type of ending first before they get to the uh, spoilers, anyone who hasn't seen it, um, get to the big battle in the sky. Originally, there was actually some hand-to-hand combat going on with people on the ground. And that was before COVID. We were actually just starting to prep that fight and like choreograph it with um, our amazing fight choreographer, Shahab. He's incredible and a great friend of mine. And he was just coming up with some moves and ideas and we were just um, brainstorming that and some magical spells, but it was very close quartered and, you know, fighting people and whatever. And as soon as COVID happened, that was not, when we came back from COVID, that was gone. For the safety of everyone, for the safety of the performers, for the safety of obviously Lizzie, you know, there was no more of that close combat type fighting style. Now, that could still happen. We've obviously done some of that, but it's very specific as to we only do it for this amount of time. Everyone's masked before they go. Then they take the mask up, they do it, they put the mask back on, they take breaks so that, you know, we do the best that we can to be as safe as possible while doing fight scenes that still require physical contact. But it has helped us look outside the box of what we might have done in the first place and become very creative uh, with the stunt performing and, and very creative in different ways of using, for instance, different technology to show pre-vis. So pre is a pre-visualization of what the fight might look like that a lot of times we'll do in the stunt world. So we'll do basically the fight as we see it without wardrobe or anything, just in our training gear. And we'll film it in the way that we feel is the best way to showcase whatever fight sequence that might be. And we'll show that to the director. And and they might say, we like this part. We don't like that part. Can we change this to something else? And then a lot of times they might even use the same camera angles that we showed them because it looks the the best with the fight. Well, we weren't able to do previs for a bit. So then one of my friends and stunt coordinators decided to do it in a mocap sort of way, a motion capture sort of way. So uh, Dave McCumber is incredible. He's um, my current boss and a stunt coordinator, a fight coordinator. He has such a career. Uh, he has these, mo- this mocap ability to where he can be in his hotel room or at his house and he can do an entire previs of, you know, with, with just uh, mocap motion capture and put it together and show them what it can be. Wow. You know, vis effects wise. So they can still see what the stunt people can perform because it's coming from a stunt person, a stunt coordinator who knows how people actually move (laughs) Mm -hmm. and and he actually performs some of the fight moves with the suit, with the, with the motion capture, uh, equipment. And then that way it's real. It can be performed, but it's safe because it's in the digital world, but you can still show it to the coordinator or the director and he can like certain parts of it or say, change this and that. So it's quite incredible, actually, (laughs) the changes that have come.
1: So do you think in the future that's a possibility for more previs to be d- done in a mocap situation?
2: I think it is, absolutely. And I feel that it's really amazing to watch the both worlds come together, visifex as well as stunts to come together. Because stunts, stunt performers and stunt coordinators know how people actually, you know, physically move and what the move, what the different fight moves they can perform and have that and also the flow of a fight, you know, what fight beats actually flow into each other. Mm -hmm. And then capturing it in the digital world with the vis effects sort of ability is an amazing tool to have. Now, obviously, we don't want it to fully replace stunt performers in any sense, obviously, but to work hand in hand together would be awesome. And we, we already kind of do that. But we would love to have the stunt side of things more involved in that world as well to work hand in hand with visual effects in that sense would be awesome so that both people are benefiting and having a great time.
0: Yeah, this process actually sounds a lot like what they did to bring the dinosaurs to
2: life in the original Jurassic Park. Yeah, which I love that movie, by the way. It it imprinted on me as a young person. I was like, this is the best thing ever.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the way they blended CGI and practical effects to make the dinosaurs move properly.
2: Yes, yes. And I think that's what's important about this. I know we all love CGI. We all love visual effects. We all love stunt performing. We all love that practical. Um, And there are times when sometimes it goes one way or the other. But I think when it's used in the proper amount together, it can bring it to a whole new level, as we've seen in many other movies, where they use you know practical stunts added with the vis effects on top. And it looks just phenomenal. And everybody has a great time. So um, I always love it when that happens. But COVID has sort of really... Uh, pushed more for that at the time, at at the moment, you know, so that people can remain safe, but also still see some, and it's not that it's not that way on every set. I'm just speaking of currently the situation that we have right now on mine, on the movie that I'm on, um, that was used quite awesomely. And uh, we hope more of that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because if you push too much in the visual effects side and not take input from stunt people, then you end up with an uncanny valley problem.
2: Yes, yes, and and I have I have huge respect for the Viz Effects world, and they make us look good with the special effects on top of what we've provided for them. So I mean, Mm -hmm. I have a huge respect for that as well, and the hours that it takes, and the knowledge that it takes to edit and and add such amazing special effects and visual effects on top of everything. But also, there are things that the stunt performers do have knowledge of, in their way and it's very important to take that into account as well like how people move how they would fight really in you know in real life and what moves flow into each other and also physically what is someone capable of doing because there are certain moves that happen in the, the Visifex world that a human cannot actually do so you know <laughs> <laughs> so so it's it's nice when we can work together to get that perfect blend you know to where wow seamless you know so it's it's great to work together
1: well, to be fair, a lot of the stunts that you guys do, us mere mortals can't. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: I have some incredible stunt buddies that I just sometimes, I and my husband too, he's incredible. I just, I'm in awe of him and how he moves and I'm just like... Are you a mortal or are you a hidden god? <laughs> <a hidden dog? laughs> you are a Marvel superhero in disguise.
0: <laughs> yes, and congratulations to your husband on his Emmy nomination. We are rooting for him.
2: Yes, it's a historic moment. We, I'm so excited for every nominee in this new category of... Outstanding stunt performance. Now, as we know, uh, outstanding stunt coordinator has been a category previously, which is awesome and wonderful, and I'm excited for all of the incredible uh, coordinators that have been nominated as well, including Dave McCumber, the current coordinator I'm working for and friend. So he's also nominated, including some other friends of mine, Tom Williams and Hank Amos, and the list goes on. But this new category is historic category, and Justin is in that category being nominated with other fellow incredible stunt performers. And I'm so excited for all of them.
0: Yes. Uh, and just for our listeners, he is the stunt double for Wyatt Russell on uh, Falcon yes. and Wonder Soldier.
2: <laughs> yes, he is. And uh, I am so proud of him. He He really brought it. He, I mean, he did a great job on that show, you know, because it is the new Captain America, but also it's his own style because he's, you know, a different, he's not Captain America. No, he's, he is not. Yeah. He's not. <laughs> yeah. That was the whole point. <laughs> I know the very first episode where they revealed it, people were so mad and I was like, no, well, no guys, you understood. don't understand. He's, just- <laughs> yeah the point pretty quick. Like, <laughs> yeah, i was like just wait for it guys there's a reason why you're, you're not supposed to like him yeah uh, and i think i think wyatt russell did an amazing job he um, did oh he was um, phenomenal Sabrina character yeah and then justin did an incredible job helping create a great meld along with you know dave mccumber and everybody a great meld of what captain america's fight moves were but also putting in its own twist on it as to how his version of it, US agent and that sort of thing was going to move. Yes.
0: Because he, he and Chris Evans also that they have different builds.
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, they do. So it was great. It was, uh, I'm so proud. And also he got to play an assassin as well as himself. He got to, (laughs) um, there's a, uh, clip of him getting choked out by one of the characters, um, agent Carter. And, uh, so that was him. He actually got to be himself in that episode. Oh, Cool be a bad guy and he had a tattoo he actually has a tattoo on the underside of his arm that's his actual tattoo and while he was getting choked people could see that tattoo and they thought that it was some hidden meaning uh, in the marvel (laughs) (laughs) universe i was like no that's really his own tattoo but uh, that's cool
0: (laughs) i'm gonna have to go back and look now
2: yeah yeah it's pretty great
1: (laughs) so elizabeth olsen has nothing but glowing things to say about you particularly that you elevate the character of Wanda Maximoff because you understand the body language better than anyone else. So as her primary stunt person, what is your process for studying Miss Olsen or Wanda so that you can inhabit the character when doubling for her?
2: Uh, Lizzie is so incredible. She's so kind to say those wonderful things. She is amazing to work with. I mean, she's just such a professional at her craft that it it, she makes my job easy in a sense because she brings so much beautiful characterization to this uh, character of Wanda. And she has for so many years that there's a wealth of information to, to draw from, from what she's already brought to the table. And we have similar personalities. So working together is just a joy. She's um, absolutely one of the, the most wonderful people to work with. So I think you know, just drawing from what she's brought before, I, I when I got the job, I watched all the films that she had, uh, you know, all the pieces of that character to see how she was moving, to understand the different intricacies of the hand movements. It wasn't just the arms and the body. It was everything down to the fingertips and, and the specificity of that. And that's the difference is, um, you know, a lot of people just think it's swirly hands, but it's actually everything down to the articulation of the fingertips and why and how she would be doing the magic. And so I just started visualizing like if I were to want to move maybe this sounds silly, but this is how I work. You know, I see the the energy she brings. So as a, as a performer myself, I often put myself in this sense of how would I want to move this thing across the table? Like what if I had magic? <laughs> <laughs> you know, what would that feel like to what how specifically would I want to pick that thing up and move it? or throw it or grab this energy and put it in and throw it back out at somebody. And, uh, or how, how is she conjuring this? How, where is it coming from? Where's the energy, the essence of the energy coming from? And so that goes into the body in a certain way, or how is she feeling? So I, I, I'm there um, even during some acting scenes, I'm there. And she, she offers to have the script uh, given to me so that I can understand not just the scenes that I'm in, but also her character and how the character changes throughout, you know, say WandaVision. You know, everyone's seen WandaVision. And there's a, a big change throughout that whole entire process. So having the scripts for each episode was very important so that I understood what type of, you know, spell would be cast and how how she was feeling when and what kind of energy would be coming out of that. So that's, that's sort of where it comes from is watching her on set watching her acting choices as well, and then melding that into the choices that, that I can bring as a stunt performer to match her because it, it, it's her character. I don't ever want to be presumptuous to say, you know, oh, I'm putting myself in there. No, no, I'm bringing and just assisting the incredible character that she has created that I am just in awe of. And then I just take it into my own imagination and say, okay, how can I assist in this? how physically would it look to manipulate matter and space and then that then the spells come out of that and the movement comes out of that and then we we learn it together i teach it to her and she learns it and then she in, inhabits it and then i match her once she finds the way she likes to move then i'll match that other times she likes to match me so it's it's interesting we i just i like to give her the freedom to tell me what she prefers though in that because she is the character and i'm I'm so honored to work with her.
1: Yeah, it's a bit of a give and take. And also, uh, is it unusual for a stunt performer to be given the script?
2: It it depends. Uh, You know, I don't want to sound unknowledgeable because there are so many productions out there. So obviously, each stunt performer has their own experience. However, Mm -hmm. in my experience, a lot of times in other situations, we do not get the full script of the anything. We get a breakdown of the stunt scene we might be doing so that we understand when we're choreographing like where the character just came from and where they're going, but we don't know the whole movie, you know, as just a stunt performer. Now, if you, are a fight coordinator or at the actual stunt coordinator, obviously you get the script, you break it down, you know, all the things, but as a performer um, coming in, a lot of times you'll just know this sequence or, you know, this bit, or you might understand like the whole arc of it, but you won't understand, you won't get the script to be able to understand the character the whole way. This is a unique situation in the fact that I've worked with Lizzie for so many years and this specific character that uh, it it is important to understand the character itself through the entire script uh, so that we know where the magic is coming from at different times. So it's a little bit unique in, in what I've experienced previously. Again, I can't speak for every other stunt performer. Right. So what's been your greatest challenge in stunt doubling as Wanda? The biggest challenge I think is to stay true to what we've given in the in the past but also be creative enough in the future or as we go along to where it's never boring for people who have watched this journey of Wanda the whole time. The thing about Marvel is it has a wealth of knowledge of all these like the characters the the MCU itself <laughs> so you never want to contradict what's already been established in the past but you also don't want to just keep repeating yourself and because that's, as a human, you would be changing and exploring. So as a character, you need to change and explore as well. So you don't want to just repeat yourself the same old, same old. Um, so that's the most challenging because I think, you know, at times people just love, oh, I want her to do this. You know, I want to see this big move again. And it's like, but we we have already done that and we don't want to do the same thing. But we also still want to stay true to what, who she is. So I think that's the challenge is is to take all of the MCU with us every time we go to a new project.
1: <laughs> That's a tall order.
2: Yeah, yeah, it is.
1: So speaking of the other projects, so can you tell us about your stunt work on Black Widow and how did that production differ from your work on WandaVision and as Wanda in other projects?
2: Uh, so Black Widow was... A very difficult time for me in the sense of the timing that it was. I was going through a personal situation back home, and so to be away for five months in the UK was uh, difficult for me at that time. But um, so that was that was a difficulty. Also, being away for that long, it was the first time I was away on work for almost half a year. Other times I'd been away for you know maybe two months at most, or a, a month here or a couple weeks there, et cetera, Away from the U.S. Uh, so that was interesting and new, and also a new challenge was to be away for that long, and it was it was away. Like I didn't get to come back and visit; it was gone for the whole time. Yeah. And and I, I just want to say as well, I am so thankful to Heidi Moneymaker for putting my name in the ring. She is Black Widow. She has you know from the ground up created that character with Scarlet, and it, it was a great honor to come in. But uh, she and Mickey Facinello... Killed it on this movie. Um, Mickey was the main double. She did so many amazing things in this movie, and uh, it's a joy to watch her. She's inspiring. And then Heidi, of course, was able to join for additional photography and killed it and did an amazing job as well. And all the entire stunt team. So I was pleased that some of my little pieces made it. I was so grateful for that. You know, running on the rooftops in Budapest in 98 degrees, (laughs) full sun wearing a leather jacket (laughs) was incredible. Rob Inch is the coordinator. He was awesome to work with. I had such a great time. So those helped me overcome the challenges, you know, of being away was having such an amazing team flow and, you know, Rob and everybody helped me feel like part of the team as well as performing and, and training with Andy Lister and a, an incredible fight team as well. I could go on and on about everybody that helped me overcome a lot of the challenges that I was facing personally, and also just being away, which was a new thing for me. And it was a completely different character than what I was used to doing for so long. So that was another challenge. Was at times feeling like those skills that I had used so often for the magical and those type of fight skills, I had to sort of adjust my head and, and be more tactical and be, you know. And it's a different type of fighting. So that was another challenge as well to to remember all those things. I've done them before. <laughs> I've, I've trained them before, but I had for so long done sort of the magical fighting that it was remembering all of that training that I'd done before and really letting it shine. And I helped out in previs and I helped out in a lot of other ways. And then I was able to perform some of the things. I'm very thankful for that. But yeah, I was also honored to be a small part of that entire experience. And I thank Heidi and everybody for that. And Mickey killed it. She did an amazing job.
0: Yeah, the stunt work in the movie is incredible.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. And and uh, yeah, as I said, and then being around Michaela McAllister who doubled as well some of the Scarlet stuff, but she uh, she was the main double for Florence Pugh. She killed it. I loved working with her. We were just having a great time, as I said, in the rooftops uh, of, in Budapest. We were running and sliding down, down those rooftops together <laughs> 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 and uh, having a great time you know and and in the very first part of the safe house fight uh where they fight each other the sisters fight each other for the first time like a little bit of gunplay and then slam into the cabinetry yeah. um so that mm-hmm. I, that was a little bit of me and her and then of course mickey took over whenever she goes through the door the leg through the door an incredible gag that was mickey and into the room was mickey so it was sort of like all hands on deck for a lot of these sequences but um but they all killed it, man.
0: <laughs> I imagine growing up in your family, you were well prepared for that sisterly kind of crazy fight like that.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, seriously. <laughs> I can understand why people have some feelings, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, when I saw that and I said, yes, this is how siblings behave. This is
2: true. <laughs> Very true. Very accurate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Say if those two sisters were deadly assassins, yes. <laughs> yeah. you, do you mean
0: you never strangled one of your sisters with a curtain?
2: I don't know. I mean, there's a lot that happened in, when I was growing up. Uh, my dear, but... some
1: things are meant to be
2: off the recording. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> off the record, guys. Better... No, yes. I, I, I love my sisters. They're incredible. But yeah, there were times when we all disagreed. <laughs> it didn't quite get to the escalation <laughs> of that in the Black Widow fight, though.
0: <laughs> so of the eight or so MCU projects you've worked on, do you have a favorite?
2: Well, I've had a favorite for a long time. Um it was Infinity War. Hands down, it was Infinity War. However, now WandaVision happened. So. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so special for a different reason. But like as a whole, the moment in my career, the team that we had, the, the amazing things that we did, the incredible characters, the story, everything about it the whole experience, the first time I got to work out of country was f- the, for the Scotland sequence for two months in Scotland doing that whole thing. I mean, it was so special. And it, I think it will always be special to me. And uh, I'm lifelong friends with all those people that were on that team, I, f- I feel. And it, it's incredible.
1: So off all the stunts that you performed in all the MCU movies, which is your favorite stunt so far?
2: I think it would have to be getting yanked uh, through the window in Scotland. I know that in the film it happens so fast, but when Proxima Midnight and Corvus sort of uh, sabotage us, like jump, you know, you know, jump out and stab and try to take the stone, there's a moment where I get blasted from the street into the window of a restaurant, and mm-hmm. that was one of that's been one of my favorite gags I've ever done with an incredible rigging team huggins and all of his uh, amazing team kept me safe and I was literally going into an actual restaurant that's that's there in Scotland they actually have yeah that a, exists yeah it does they have it, I don't know if they still have it but they had for a while Like a thing on the window that said, as seen in Avengers Infinity War, like with glass breaking. And I was like, that was my body going through that window. (laughs) Uh, I think it's called Lily's or something, but it was a great little corner restaurant. But there was a whole set of breakaway tables and chairs on the other side of that that I smashed into and smashed through. There's footage of that somewhere that's like lies on the cutting room floor, but, but you know, there was a camera inside and outside and everything. And that has to be one of my favorite gags that I've done. And we did it three times on the night. It was like the first big day of film. Well, first big night, I would say, of filming because we were on nights. And uh, it mm-hmm. was just above freezing. And it started to mist. And I'm standing out on the street. And I'm like, this is awesome and crazy all at the same time. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I had to be just right when I went through that window. If If my feet were down too low, I would clip the bottom of the windowsill which was all brick and i could break something on either side of the windowsill were brick p- pillars so if i was if i went left or right if i pushed off a little bit any direction that sent me in a different direction on that line it was uh, going to be not great and it was like just wide enough for my body to go through and the rigging team was incredible they measured and remeasured and tested and made sure it was just right and then uh, yeah so it will always be one of my favorite gags that i did and it was for Avengers. So how is Marvel different from
0: other projects that you've worked on, like Watchmen or The Suicide Squad?
2: So I think it's incredible. They're all f- amazing. And I actually met my husband while working on Watchmen oh. <laughs> before he was my husband. Oh. Yeah, so so I, there's a special place in my heart for that one. <laughs> I think the biggest thing is on those... It was different for me because I wasn't doubling a main character, um, which is still amazing and fun and awesome. But so it was different because I wasn't part of the fight team. So that sort of family feel, I wasn't like on the project for a very long time. So that was different in a sense. But also there's a wealth of knowledge and a wealth of backstory that comes with an MCU project that is not always... Granted, you know, Watchmen has a backstory and everything, but but actually filmed backstories (laughs) that have made it to the screen or made it to Disney plus MCU has just incredible amounts of a library of actual films and actual TV shows and and such. So when you come to the creative table, you already have a lot to bring. And then also it's good and bad. Like I said earlier, it's great to have all this knowledge, but then you can't, you also have to make sure you don't contradict anything (laughs) that's Mm -hmm. already been laid out. Or if you do have a change, you have to make a reason for that change that makes sense and that can live on. <laughs> you don't want to change anything that will affect anything in the future. So there's a lot of pressure in that sense of like making sure you're staying true to the trajectory of everything that has come before and going after with an MCU project versus some other projects like Watchmen or you know Suicide Squad, which I'm excited to see where they all go. But those projects don't have the backstories yet physically on screen that these other MCU movies have had. So those are challenges and excitements, you know, I think.
0: Are there common misconceptions you think that people have about stunt performers that you can address?
2: Oh, yes. Um, First of all, a lot of times they think all of us are just crazy adrenaline junkies. And, you know, yeah, there are times where you have adrenaline running, but as a whole... Our goal is to be as safe as possible, even with the jobs that we have to perform. So we're not just out here just to be crazy and and wild just for the sake of, ooh, got to get that rush. It's we're here. We're here to do a job uh, that makes magic on screen. And everyone should go home at the end of the night because it's just a movie or it's just a TV show. So, you know, we actually have safety in our forefront of our mind. And yeah, we can't predict everything, but we try to be as safe as possible, not just for ourselves, but also anyone who's around us, whether that's background, a major actor, camera guys, camera gals, everybody that might be near the situation that's happening, we have safety in our minds in the forefront while we're performing these things. The other thing is that I, I see a lot is people don't trust that we can act, and I, now of course that's not not every single person in the world can act or, or what have you, but. A lot of times, people don't trust that stunt performers can also act, and I find that very strange because every day we're acting. <laughs> every day we're making the the fight scene look like a real fight. Uh, we act with our bodies every day. Not everyone can know how to deliver lines. I get that, but then a lot of times we don't even have the chance to show that some of us can also deliver lines and have and play characters that are speaking roles. So. I think that's a misconception that uh we don't know how to act. <laughs> so that's fascinating to me. Yeah, but those are the two main ones that I see that we that we're not that, that we just like to hit the ground and we're not very smart. Oh, we m- must not be smart cuz all we do is just fall down for a living. Um <laughs> and that's such a weird one too because we are very in my mind All the people that I've worked with are very intelligent people who think of so many things before you even see them perform it on set. Now, of course, there are exceptions to every rule, and I get that. But the folks that I've worked with are extremely intelligent, extremely creative. They're creating worlds upon worlds and having audience members believe it's real. And they're also taking safety into account at the same time. So that, to me, is a very intelligent group of people. (laughs)
1: Yeah, and you have to be. Otherwise, everyone's life is in jeopardy.
2: Yeah, yeah. And as I said, there, are, every everybody's different. But on a whole, that is a misconception that I tend to hear is, oh, you fall down for a living. Uh, not that smart, huh? Mm-hmm. I'm like, actually. <laughs> That's the time when it's okay to say, well, actually. Yeah. No, I don't normally <laughs> like to throw that one out. <laughs> but, but I'm like, actually. <laughs> <You> know... <laughs>
1: So stunt work is still a very male-dominated industry. So what are the obstacles you have faced as a woman?
2: I have, <laughs> I think all all women have faced, is we get pigeonholed into, well, unfortunately, a lot of the writing pigeonholes lady characters into certain <laughs> certain um, stereotypical female characters that, you know, then, mm-hmm. then we're stunt performing for. I think that's changing. I think we're seeing incredible changes of script writing, which then allow for actresses and then stunt doubles to step into a new way. But, you know, I mean, for a long time, it's been a very stereotypical when a woman character is even there. Uh, They, a lot of times can't even be the main character of the movie. They have to have a a guy character assisting them, Yeah, which is strange. It's like, uh, you know... Or more time will be given to the male characters of the movie than the whim- the women, the woman fight or the woman you mm-hmm. know section. Also, the thing that I've seen in the past, and and I I want to say that I respect all of my peers and all of my bosses, but in general, I tend to see at times if there are fifty spots for indie stunts, meaning say there's a city that's being attacked by big monsters and literally any stunt performer type could be in those 50 stunt people. I tend to see 40 guys and 10 women. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, and that's interesting. It's like, there are plenty, I mean, there are plenty of women to pull from that you could have a more equal cityscape of people in distress that are doing indie stunts. um, Since you can, it can be anyone. And some stunt coordinators have started to really focus on changing that. And I think it's phenomenal. I think it's amazing that, oh, well, if they're all wearing masks, it could be equal men and women. You don't have to have all guys, you know, because no one's going to see their face. Or, you know, like I said, in the city sequence of 50 stunt people, you could have it more even of all kinds of people would be in the city and all kinds of people would be in distress. So it doesn't have to be, you know, almost all guys and then a few girls. So I do see that changing, but that has been the way it's been for a very long time. And again, I'm not trying to insult anybody. <laughs> I'm very thankful for all my jobs, but I do see that as a thing, and it has been. They've been trying to change that.
1: So, do you feel like uh, women are treated differently in the industry, even when they do have a job, compared to the men?
2: It depends on on what it depends on what project you're on. So, I feel like certain individuals are treated as they are because their professional career has shown that you, you know, you just have to treat them as, as equals because they they have such an amazing career that you can't, it would be so obvious if you treated them any differently. Whereas like, say you're a newer person, there is a different treatment at times towards women who are newer getting into the stunt industry. It's almost like you have to prove that you are tough enough to hang. like you know, there's this stigma sometimes of, oh, are you going to cry about it? Oh, you know, or say, I've seen this happen where an injury happens. And instead of, oh, so-and-so was injured on that project because of, you know, an accident or whatever, it's, oh, she injured herself. It's the wording of it. Mm -hmm. And it's almost an, it's almost a a hint that she didn't know enough to keep herself safe, which is an interesting concept uh, because accidents do happen in stunts all the time. And yes, sometimes it's operator error, <laughs> but other times it's absolutely a situation that randomly happened and that's that. And it's no, it's nobody's fault or it definitely wasn't the performer's fault, but there tends to be this skew of, Oh, what did she do to get herself hurt? Is sort of like a, sometimes a statement that comes out. I don't think people mm-hmm. are even aware of it sometimes. Mm-hmm. That that's where their brain goes right away. Again, I'm not trying to point fingers or or say derogatory things. It, it's an ingrained misogyny. It's it's definitely cultural. Yeah, and so I, you know, I don't think they mean it, uh, but it's a thought that's there of like, oh, what did she do? Yep. to cause the situation. But uh, but actually, you know, so we almost have to be twice perfect in order to prove ourselves, uh, you know, to that we can hang, and then also that we are excellent at our jobs. So there's no chance that it, you know, if something goes wrong, that they would look only at the the operator, (laughs) only at the performer. They would also take into account like what else was happening when this went wrong, you know, type thing.
0: So we've talked a lot about the mental aspects of being a stunt performer and you in particular have another challenge to overcome. Like a lot of people in the entertainment industry, you are dyslexic.
2: So how, how do you navigate that in your work? It's really an interesting obstacle at times, and and sometimes for a long time I hid it. I was embarrassed. Uh, I thought I was stupid. I thought, why don't I get this like everyone else? And you know, growing up in school, I was able to hide it because I was embarrassed. I found ways to like make my brain figure out how to you know figure out patterns and work around it. And I didn't know what I had. I just at, at times I felt you know stupid compared to everyone else, especially when I had timed tests. I would fail miserably. (laughs) But so I wasn't, uh, officially diagnosed in school. I was able to hide it until I was out of that situation. Um, so I found ways to help program my brain to understand certain things. I'm very visual. I need to like, if you just throw a bunch of words at me, if you just say, uh, throw give me a hook, a punch, a weave, whatever you just like spout out, I will look at you blankly and be like, Oh, that was all just noise. Mm -hmm. Um, my brain didn't understand any of that. And so a lot of times I will ask, Hey, can you just physically show me like walk, walk me through it so I can physically see, because that makes sense to my brain because of how I've wired my brain over time. Movement makes sense to me movement and the ability to see movement. It speaks to me. And I think that's what brought me to into stunt performing because you're physically with your whole body acting out scenes that happen. So I have found tricks and ways to help it make sense to me. And then I started being honest, not making it an excuse, but just explaining, say, hey, you know, I have, I I stopped hiding it. And I just say, oh, hey, you know, I have a bit of dyslexia. So if you could just show me instead of say the words, it really helps me catch it fast and I will be able to deliver exactly what you need. So I'm open and honest with what, how my brain works so that I can give them what they want and give the best performance possible because each person's brain works differently. And that's beautiful. Thank goodness, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, Because it it, uh, it allows me to think outside the box as well, because I might do something physically different than somebody else who has done it because that's the way they've always done it. So I find it as a superpower <laughs> than, rather than a disability. It's a superpower of mine that has helped me focus on physical movement that has helped me be where I am today. Had I not had that, I might not have focused on physicality at all. But it's brought me to this stage where I, I perform physically as a living and it makes so much sense to my brain. And I found now that I'm honest with people and not in an excuse way, but sort of, hey, this is how my brain is. They are open to that. They used to, they used to not be open to that, but times are changing and people are understanding. Everyone is wired in a beautiful, different way, but we can still work together and I can still bring it. If you just allow my brain to work at its optimal way, I will do it. I will bring it and uh, and I won't have a meltdown or of confusion because that used to happen when I was in my earlier in my career, I would get so overwhelmed with all the information and I, I wasn't understanding it. It was like white noise on a TV and then I felt stupid and then I felt dumb and I felt like I was going to let everyone down. And then all of a sudden I was having like a, a, a an emotional, like, ah, I can't, I got to walk away. And that's also not good or not professional. So I figured out, oh, I've got to take breaks. That's the other thing is I learned I have to take breaks to let my brain reset from all the information it's receiving or else it just gets jumbled up in there. (laughs) And then it has a total meltdown. So I pace myself, I take breaks, and then I utilize the time I have to be the best uh, at what I can deliver. And there are actors who really inspired me because I heard when Henry Winkler talked about his... His d- dyslexia. I was like, "Oh my gosh, the fawns. <laughs> well, then I can do this too. If he can do it, he's incredible." Wow, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, and you know what's so amazing? Thanks to Jeff Wolf, an incredible stunt perf- uh, coordinator, my stunt coordinator for um, uh, MacGyver. I got to uh, work on set, and and Henry Winkler was one of the producers, and he was there on set one day when I was having to fight in the back of a truck. And he came over and gave me a thumbs up, and I was like, <gasps> "My life is complete." <laughs> he said oh that I did a great God. job. I was so uh, it was such an honor. I mean, I don't want to get a big ego or anything like that. I have so much to learn, <laughs> but like he came over and he just said that was a great job, and then he gave me a thumbs up, not not in a like ironic way, but just in a normal way. But right. I was like, "Oh, he gave me a thumbs up," <laughs> and so. Like, And I was like, you don't even understand. I didn't want to tell him. I didn't want to talk about it on set, but I was like, you, in my mind, I was like, you don't understand the inspiration that you have been to me in my life, in my career. And the fact that you just came over, acknowledged that I did a great job on this set was like, I I can, I can do this. And Jeff Wolf, the coordinator was the one who hired me for that project and and believed in me and saw in me and had me on that project. So, wow. Boom. I was like, this is great.
0: (laughs) And it means that much more when it's coming from a person who is known as just like the sweetest man on the planet.
2: I know he is so great. And, and, and he overcame his thing that, you know, people said, oh, you're never going to do this. You're never going to do that. And it's like, ah, you know what, (laughs) you know, and, and knowing of people like that. And hopefully if my story can help others, I'm, I'm happy to be helpful, but yeah, there are ways to overcome Oh, I wouldn't say overcome. There are ways to utilize your superpower. (laughs) Yes. That's how I want to say it. Well (laughs) said. (laughs) Yeah. So
1: are there any philanthropic causes you'd like to shine a light on?
2: Absolutely. So I think it's absolutely imperative for everyone to support their local theater companies and their local theaters. My friends and and amazing uh, professional uh, people in my life, they have been through the ringer with COVID situation, COVID lockdown. Some of them have not been in the theater for over a year to perform or even work in it or even walk in a theater. And that was their livelihood. That was their life. And, and we across time have turned to theater and turned to that uh, genre of, of arts to get us through a multitude of things In history, as we all know, the the arts is what keeps us going, whether it's uh, through painting or artwork, but it's also through physically on stage performing. And incredible people have been out of work and their way of life has been totally altered. So if there's any way that you can find a local theater or a a big theater company, I'm not sure, whatever it is, if you can find a way to donate to them and support them through this time as they're trying to get back on their feet, it it would mean the world to them. And it would show that you are, are thankful for what they've always contributed, almost <laughs> from the heart. They don't get paid a lot, you know what I mean? So this is, you love theater. You do it for the art, not for the money. So, you know, they've always put their heart and soul into it. So if you could just show them how much that meant to you as an individual in the world, uh, that would be incredible. So support your theater companies. <laughs> so
0: last but not least, here is the big question. Other than Wanda Maximoff, who is your favorite Marvel character?
2: Loki, hands down. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Don't even need to think about it, man. Oh, Loki, 100% best character. <laughs> Amy, Amy
1: oh, is going man. to jump off a bridge right now.
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm sorry if that. I, if I just I think it's a phenomenal exploration of so many different personality types that he has that he shares he's the trickster he gets to be all kinds of things and also he also has a human side to him as we see so it's like he's fascinating he's totally horrible in some senses and then totally amazing in other senses and that confounds me and i think it's wonderful and uh, i think tom hiddleston is an amazing actor that i don't think many actors could bring that to life without being so charming as he is with it but anyway uh he's a joy to work with I, i only worked with him a short time uh You know, directly. I've worked with him on the same projects for a long time, but our our scenes were never together. Um, But I I worked with him very shortly on a few prep days. um, And I thank Mo Ganderton for that. But anyway, so it was very early on and and I was only there for like two days, but uh, helped out with that because I was on WandaVision. So he's a joy to work with as well. So I think that maybe that also makes it why he's one of my favorite characters because he as an actor is great. So.
1: Yeah, he's a fantastic person. But yeah. the
2: character is fabulous, and oh, so many layers to that one.
1: Yeah, true. Yeah, and with the show, we got to we got to explore so much of that, which was fantastic.
2: Yeah, it's so fantastic, and and also it leaves room to explore even more. So it's it's not a boring character by any means. He's constantly changing this. You know, this character itself is is constantly reinventing himself in different new, surprising ways. So I think as an mm-hmm. audience member. That's very exciting because sometimes superheroes can become sort of one note, you know, this is who they are and this is what they do. But he, man alive, that character is so many different things. God of mischief.
1: (laughs) 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 Yeah. And I think with the MCU that the fact that it's been going on for so long and we have all these characters who are growing and changing is fantastic. Otherwise it's like any other franchise, it becomes very boring to have the same idea, same tropes over and over again.
2: Yeah, and I think it's easier to relate to, to characters who have time to change because as humans we change. We have good moments. We have moments we're not proud of. We have moments of epiphany. And I, I think seeing having the ability with the MCU to see characters change like that, to see Black Widow go through what she's gone through, to see Loki change, to see these characters have moments of ups and downs... It, it actually encourages you as a human as well to say, well, I can do this. I can deal with this too. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're not real characters, but they are inspiring because you can see it happening and you can relate to them more because they're more human-like, even though they are superheroes, they still have emotions and changes like humans. And so I think that speaks to us more than just a one note type character, for sure
1: yeah absolutely and for and characters speaking to us is that is the power of entertainment
2: yes and that's also the power of theater and dance and all kinds of forms of artwork and that's why i say you know definitely support uh dance companies theater art artists artwork everything that can be supported that they pretty much give their souls when they when they come to entertain you in various mediums uh so definitely support Mm -hmm. all of those people Well, Cece, this
0: has been an absolute joy. You are exactly the kind of role model that women and young girls out there need right now.
2: Oh, that's very kind of you to say. I I have to say I give credit to my mother. Uh, She is an exceptional role model of kindness and strength and uh, everything, fortitude, (laughs) and also the incredible, inspiring ways of many of the stunt women around me. So I, I thank you for your kind words, but I, I hope we're all there for each other together. You know, Agreed. Need. Yes. Yeah.
0: So thank you so much for joining us. And we can't wait to see you next March. Well, I guess I guess the point is we kind of won't see you. And that's why you're so good at what you do. <laughs> I hope you don't
2: see me yes,
0: <laughs> next <in>, March uh, <laughs> in, <laughs> yes,
2: in Dr. Strange. I hope, to, yeah, I hope to have matched perfectly into the whole situation so you won't know me or her. <laughs>
1: yeah but hopefully one day when it is intended we do get to
2: see you on the big screen i would (laughs) love that too someday i would love that well
0: i don't know about you but that was a conversation i needed right now what a fascinating woman
1: yeah indeed and she was a joy to speak with truly so you can follow cc on instagram at cc underscore ice underscore stunts
0: Thanks to all you madams for joining us today. I'm Madam Chris.
1: And I'm Madam Amy. Join us next week as we discuss the premiere of What If.
0: And cleanse our palates from the intensity of the last, what are we at? What is it? August? (laughs) Eighth month? Eight months of of mind-bending and heartbreaking, relentless emotion.
1: Or so we take.
0: Stop it. (laughs) <laughs> you shut your face <laughs> in the meantime if you want to share your thoughts with us on Black Widow on CC on anything we've covered or things we will be covering find us on Twitter and Instagram at Marvel Madams.
1: and check out our website themarvelousmadams.com where Infinity Stones are a girl's best friend